What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Hey, Sean. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Welcome to Hardworking Happy Hour. Uh, thanks. I work here. <laughs> Appreciate the welcome. No problem. Welcome to everybody that's listening right now because uh, you are here. We are here. We're all here today. We're all here together. We're all here together and gosh darn it, we love it. <laughs> uh, well, Sean, anything new and exciting in your life happening today maybe? Maybe today. It's Friday. It's at 7 a.m. right now. Not our normal time because I'm buying a new house today. You're buying a new house. I'm buying a new house. How and, does it feel? Uh, it's a little scary. Yeah. It's a little scary. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 quite a whirlwind. I, it's, I bet. It's quite a whirlwind. <laughs> uh, we just signed the contract on our house last night that we are going to be moving out of in one month from today. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's a little it's a little spooky. Yeah, a little spooky. It's, it's big big change. It's a big change for sure. Uh, and it just, you know, I don't know. It, it just feels like, uh, it happened so quick. God, <laughs> you know, I was talking about the land for so long. Yeah. Do you remember that? I, I do remember you talking about you getting talking land about- for a, I, I'm not sure if it was an excessive amount of time or an excessive amount of talking about getting land. I think it was just an excessive <laughs> amount of talking about getting <laughs> land. Uh, but Yeah. Closing on that today in a couple hours, and it's the uh, biggest purchase of my whole life, yeah. and it's kind of scary, but also very exciting, and it just felt like it happened really quick because like we weren't really looking for a house. We had always kind of like sort of talked about it, like not seriously, and then next thing you know, it was like, all right, yeah, let's look for a house, and then it was like the next day, like, all right, we bought this one, <laughs> and it happened really quick. And was that the, I know you looked at like a couple houses. Was that the first one you looked at? Uh, yes. The one that you bought is the first one that you looked at. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Like you looked at other houses and then you were like, no, we want to go. Yeah. Back to that first one. That's the one we wanted. And it kind of grew on me too. Cause like at first, I think I was just a little overwhelmed by the whole process. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel it the first time I was there. I was just like, I don't know. And then uh, we saw a couple other ones and the more I like thought about it, 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 it grew on me a lot, and then it was, mm. like, uh, super happy about it. Yeah. And then I was really scared that, like, because they set you up with, like, the realtor sets you up with, like, the email portal uh-huh. where you, um, you know, you put, like, where, what zip codes you're looking at, how much land, how many bedrooms, whatever, and then they send you, like, new listings every day. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God, we just committed to this one. What if another one comes <laughs> in, and I'm like, this one's way better. Yeah. That didn't end up happening. So all the ones that came in, I'm like, no. Oh. Happy with the decision. Very exciting. Yeah. So. Oh. Well, I had the lucky. Uh, honor. Honor. Honor of, is the word you're looking I for. I had the honor of already viewing this house because I was, I happened to tag along for the inspection or the, what was it? A mold inspection or septic inspection. Some, there was two. Yeah. There were a lot of people inspecting the houses uh, and I just kind of stood there awkwardly. While you were like talking business with everybody, but it's a beautiful home, and I think you're going to be very happy there. Thank you so much. I do appreciate that. You know, it needs to go like day one. Pole barn. Oh well, yeah. Pole barn needs to go up. Deck needs to go down. <laughs> oh yeah, the deck needs to go down for sure. Old yeah. Trex deck, like, ugh, yeah. no, thank you. It's got no. Pos- well, it does have a uh, 
gazebo on it. So it's got like a little bit of pizzazz. I was going to say it has no pizzazz. It has no pizzazz other than that like gazebo, but that's uh, not quite the pizzazz you're looking for, I would say. That's not the pizzazz <laughs> I'm looking for. So uh, yeah, hopefully maybe in the fall, maybe in the fall. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a big hit. People will want to see it. Yeah. I don't exciting know. Exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. So yeah, that's what I got going on today. What do you got? Are you buying a house today or anything? Uh, I don't think so. Not no? to okay. okay. <laughs> One hasn't come up yet, but uh, uh, okay. we'll see how the day goes, I guess. Keep your options open. Yeah, I don't want to say that. no yet. It's only 7 a.m. Always say yes to the world. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess I guess that's all I got going on. So yeah, I'm surprised that. how kind of like calm I am and not... You were, you were maybe counting on some really squirrely energy, but I just feel... I don't know, maybe a little. Yeah, I was excited. Usually, obviously, we record after work. Today, we're recording before work because Sean has to go do this all day. So I was excited to have. I thought you'd be like nervous and excited. And I am, I but I'm are. just, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 it's, it's all within. It's all within. <laughs> it's a frenzy within myself. Frenzy of emotions um, within yourself. I'm buying this big thing and I only saw it twice. <laughs> no, three times. Yeah. Spooky. It is. It's a big, it's a big life change. But like we talked about yesterday, the. The difference between uh, excitement and fear, razor thin line. So, and I'm teetering on the edge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. We did talk about that. And <sighs> if you're not if you're not spooked by your dreams, they're not big enough. Yep, true. That's what my dad said. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, All right, that's well, what I got going on. What do we got going on this week? Let's get into the episode. Okay. So, the topic for this <laughs> episode was going to be customer service. That's what I had written down earlier this week. And then the perfect example kind of fell into our lap of... of uh, and uh, uh, a situation that, that went, I guess, not south, just squirrely. Um, yeah. It just... It, it went in an unnecessary way. I totally agree. <laughs> I think there was a lot of... Um, there's a lot to the story that we're going to kind of recount. It yeah. was not somebody that we... Uh, built for it was a design client um that we were hoping to build for but now we're you know everything works out the way it's supposed to work out and we're not going to be working with this client and i think it's for the best so So we'll um, get into that yeah and uh also we have our book review which this week we read read people like a book so we will talk about that a little bit later but we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it perfect a little bit okay um all right. Well, do you have anything, any like riffs you want to talk about before we get into the customer service? Any more riffing? No, I, I think I'm all out of riffing. Okay. I'm, I'm all, right. all riffed out. You're do pretty you preoccup- preoccupied, preoccupied, preoccupied yeah. on your riff. Oh, well. What do you got? Um, Excuse me. I burped. Sean, you're going on vacation as well. Oh <laughs> my God. We yeah. I actually forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Buying a house today, going to Florida tomorrow morning. Um, Kind of feel like I'm living a little irresponsibly right now, <laughs> buying a house and then going on vacation the next day to Florida. But we planned the vacation like months ago, mm-hmm. and then then we decided to buy a house, and it just so worked out that way. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be kind of crazy. I wish that we weren't going on vacation tomorrow because I'm gonna want to be in the house, like you know, planning stuff and breaking down walls and all that nonsense. So right. But while we're gone, my dad's going to be there. He's going to start demoing the kitchen. Oh, that's exciting. He's going to be doing the kitchen. So I uh, got a dumpster headed there for Monday. And uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so you're on. not going to be here all next week. Yeah. Which will throw us for a loop a little bit at Premier Outdoor Living. But we're going to 
adapt, overcome, and what's that? What do we say? I don't know. We're going to adapt and overcome. All right, let's get yeah. into this weird customer service story. Okay. Um, I think I think this is going to be something that a lot of people can relate to. We can all learn something from it. Um, you know, and it also ties in really well with the book this week, how to read people like yeah. a book. So I'm going to start from the beginning. We, we got a design client. Um, you know, they filled out the form on the website and they were local. So we, we did our normal kind of, uh, you know, pre-qualifying a little bit further there through yep. email and then set up a consultation call with them. And um, it was great from the beginning. They, they were like, you know, we're huge fans of your, your YouTube channel. And, um, you know, we love everything that you do. It's, it's so cool. We're so excited, all this. And, um, it seemed great. They were super nice. Um, super nice. And, you know, just gave them the normal, the normal consultation kind of, kind of thing. Like, Hey, this is how the the process works. Um, you know, we're going to do a a call over the phone. You send pictures, you know, we're going to talk through ideas. We're going to come up with a budget, all of that good stuff. And so that's what, that's what we did. And they decided to go forward with the design fee, which is Mm $2,500. And on the call, you know, the idea of this consultation call is to flesh through all their ideas. You know, I'm looking at pictures of the back of their house, you know, really kind of getting into it with, okay, what are the possibilities here? How is this going to work? And then by the end of the call, the goal is to develop a budget that's reasonable that we can all agree on. And that's really where, you know, I think there, there started to be a rift. So the wife was, you know, really in charge of all the design decisions. The husband was in charge of, he's setting the budget and this is what it's going to be. So I said, you know, you're going to be somewhere in this range. Where do you pick a number that I can design up to? And we'll kind of take it from there. So that's what they did. They picked a number, 80,000. And I came up with a design based on everything that, that we had talked about. And I thought it, it was pretty great, especially for a first initial design. And it went went pretty well. You know, we, we kind of went over it back and forth, um, maybe did two or three more designs. And, um, at that point, you know, they wanted me to come out to the property and, and kind of walk through it with, we felt like we were getting kind of close. So I mm-hmm. did, um, went there on Saturday morning, which I don't normally do. And we went through it, you know, I, I, I had my computer, so we kind of made some changes on the fly. I was, I was switching stuff up, all that good stuff. And, there, there was still like a disconnect with budget and ideas. The wife wanted to add all this stuff, but you know, the husband was like, you know, that was the, the kind of agreement they have. Like he's the one that's going to set the budget. She's going to come up with the design ideas. And there was like a disconnect there. I'm like, okay, well you want all these things. You want to extend areas. You want more roof coverage. You want all these things, but you know, where are we at with the budget? I don't want to like go in and just create this design that has all the features that you're looking for. Cause it's not going to fit in the budget. Right. So like, let's figure that out. So, mm-hmm. um, we went back and forth a bunch more times and every time there was a bunch of different ideas, like they came with just a lot of different stuff. And it seemed like they didn't really want to fully take my advice on like why things weren't going to work with the way that they had, um, you know, with the way things were laid out. 
They were getting yeah. a pool installed. The pool was already um, determined where it was going to go. So we had that restriction. There was uh, a septic tank that we had to stay away from setback wise. There was a huge slope on the one side of the property. So mm-hmm. there was some parameters we were designing around. And every time they came up with an idea or an inspiration pick, number one, it was like, you know, uh, like a $500,000 job or something they would show me a picture of. Um, it was just all these things that I was like, okay, well, if we do that, where are you going to put the couch? Where are you going to put this? Yeah. So it never really seemed like they fully wanted to, to like take my expertise on the flow and the function while staying within budget and went through 10 designs with them. And then after the 10th design, they said, you know what, we're going to go from, um, we were between like 80 and 90,000. We're going to go up to 130. So it was like, okay, um, let me come up with something. Came up with what I thought was a pretty awesome design. Mm-hmm. Send it over. I mean, we had just done 10 designs at one budget and really started working through the details and fine tuning it. Now, okay, we're just going to jump to basically what's going to make a whole different design. Right. Like to jump up $50,000 is a lot. Right. You know, it's going to change everything. So, um, sent that over and, you know, they, they said they wanted to make a, a decision by a certain date. And then that date kind of came and went and we got a, an email the week after that, which was, I guess last week Yeah, we got an email from them saying, um, you know, just this is, this is where I really started to have an issue. So we had done 11 designs up to this point, Right. you know, they were, that's the most we've ever done for any project. Yeah. I think that usually it's like five would be like five's probably, probably typical. Maybe yeah. that's maybe even a little bit on the high side. Yeah, and I would then say it's a, little, even a on lot the of times side. it's like, you know, if we show them more designs, it's usually like tiny little changes are happening with yeah. each one. Like, let me see. What if we switch the color of these posts? You know, it's not like, okay, new design, new layout, new layout, new layout, all these things changing. So most designs we had ever done. And this is where I just felt like it was so patronizing of my time and the whole process. You know, we clearly laid out the parameters of what it's like to work with us. The design fee is $2,500. It's deducted off the cost of the project if you hire us. Yeah. You know, we're going to do we're going to do the consultations over the phone. We're not going to come out to the property initially. Um, you know, we, we lay all this stuff out. Yeah. So they gave us a super long email that was like, what, how, how did it start? What a journey it has been. Yes. <laughs> what a journey, what a journey, it, journey has it has been. Um, and just laying out like how much they loved our YouTube channel and they were so excited to work with us and they listened to our podcast Mm -hmm. and, you know, and even mentioned how someone didn't pay us. Yeah. You know, like, oh, especially the episode where you talk about somebody stiffing you, you know, for $8,500 or something. Yeah. And then goes through like what their, what their um, experience was with the competition because they got a couple other quotes Mm -hmm. and what they felt like we were lacking in our design. And then, the big one, the decision. We have decided to not move forward with Premier Outdoor Living. And it was like, 
you know, just, just so it just felt so extra. I, I kind of appreciated the, the input, the feedback on the design process. Yeah. I'm totally open to that. That sure, is, yeah. I would love to hear your honest opinion of the whole process, mm-hmm. but that's when at the end of the email, they said, because of these reasons, we would like a 50% refund on the design fee, 1250. So I read that and I'm just like, you know, first of all, none of these, none of these reasons that you're giving are like legit reasons. We did just because, you know, it wasn't what you expected yeah. or like it wasn't exactly like some other company did it. It was exactly how we laid it out and how it was going to be. Yeah. What were you going to say? Um, well, I was just going to say the reasons that they said were they felt like you didn't spend any time on their design, which in Sean's defense, he spent a massive amount of time on this design and not only we're a small company. Sean does a lot of things and is a very busy guy. And that's like kind of the benefit of working with a company like us because the designer, Sean, is also the builder, Sean, who's also like handling all the money. And like, it's, it's, we're a small business and he wears a lot of hats. So to be so demanding of someone's time is just kind of disrespectful of a small business. So to say that, and you went out on a Saturday, which is something that you don't do. You don't, you don't do. You took time away from your family to go it was the day after HNA. Yeah. It was the day after HNA. <laughs> so you had already not seen your family for a couple of days. Yeah. And then, so it's, I, I don't, I think that people are so used to dealing with like salesmen who are, you know. Driven by the commission that they're yes. going to get when and you they sign are gonna the be, contract. Yes, they're going to be on top of every little thing. They're going to be at your house five times going over the process. And then once, once they sell to you, they're gone. Yeah. And that is not the kind of company that. Exactly. Premier Outdoor Living is. So that was their one complaint, which I felt was really just unfair. And yeah, there were plenty of times that you would be working away over there. And I'd be like, what are you working on? Where are you at with this family's design? Or, you know, there were so many times where you were just plugging away at it. So you did spend a lot of man hours working with this family on the design. Yeah. Um, And then their other complaint was that they, they felt that it was strange that they had to ask you to come out to the site. Yeah. Which I feel like that's, that's fair. fair. That's yeah, fair feedback. Um, I think that we lay it out that we don't do like, we don't do in person. We don't need to. Until it's time so, that we need to. Yeah. yeah. Until it's time exactly. that we need to. So, um, you know, feedback, we'll take that into consideration in the future. Yeah. Um, it's not something that we've really run into before where people are complaining about it. And, um, and that they had to ask for a video, a video fly through of oh, yeah. the design, which fine. They asked for it. And I said, sure, no problem. Sent like the last couple had a video fly through of it. Yeah. Um, wasn't a problem. Sure, they were like, yeah. we thought it was strange that we had to even ask. It's like, okay, well, I don't find them to be that useful. I think it's better to have still images that you can like really dissect like how everything looks and how it works. But you yeah. know, they asked for it and, and we sent them a video. Sure. So it wasn't really, I didn't think a big deal at all. Um, so with all of that said, you know, this would, this could have just been a client where it's like, okay, you know, it didn't work out. That's fine. Sometimes that yeah. doesn't happen. But what then happened? So they, they wanted a, uh, they wanted a 50% refund on the design fee. They wanted twelve fifty back. Yep. And when I read the email, I'm like, you know, First of all, I feel like this is just like so patronizing of my time, the way that you've laid this out. Like, you know, it it felt like the initial thought that I got was like when 
LeBron James left Cleveland to go to Miami <laughs> and he had this big like television production, the decision, the decision. And it was like, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Like, you know, they build up this whole thing in this in this long uh, PDF and then like the decision. We have decided not to move forward with it's like Yeah. You know, it was just I just felt like it was very like patronizing of of my time and my skills and my talents. And the passion that I put into this, like I was very passionate about it. And I stood my ground on some things that were like, look, if you change this, how you think that you want to change it, it's not going to be functional. You're going to have useless space here, you know? So I'm always going to stay on that side of it. Like I'm not going to build something that's not going to be functional for you. Yeah. You know, just because you want to change something like, no, that's not what we do. We're not there for that. We're there for our expertise to like, guide you through the process and help you take your kind of ideas and, and vision and, and mold that into something that works and is functional. So whatever they wanted the 1250 back. Yes. Frustrated me to, to see that after all the time put in. What did we say to them? Let's hop on a phone call. Let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Cause in, in like you read it, I read it in my opinion, if you're going to ask for your money back for a service, there there should be a good reason. And to me, I didn't see a simple like a good reason. Like they asked, they paid us for a design for a project. Yeah, we charged them the the typical design fee, and you went over and above to work yeah. with these people and gave them eleven designs, which is well over what we normally do. So yep. therefore, that price was justified. I didn't see a reason for a refund. Exactly. I agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, if you're not going to go with us, fine. Yeah, you got totally a fine. ton of my time. You got a ton of my expertise. Yep. You and you have a design it. Now you can go, if you want, go take it to somebody else. Exactly. Maybe they'll build it for you for cheaper or yeah. whatever. Whatever. That's totally your option. <laughs> so we say, okay, let's hop on a call. Mm -hmm. We schedule a call. The night before we're supposed to have this call, I get an email through QuickBooks saying uh, a credit card dispute was submitted and the money had already been taken out of my account. So yes. um, with credit card payments, that's one of the downfalls in them. They can call yeah. their credit card company and just say, you know, this was an illegitimate charge. It's going to get taken out right away. It, even though it was like literally four months ago, yeah, three or four months ago that they paid for this. And we'd been working on it nonstop throughout that. Like we even said a couple days before, like, oh my God, we've been working on this like you know, very diligently and like continuous communication with this person since I think their initial due date on the design was like September 4th. Yeah. So we've been working on it for a long time. We'd received payment a long time ago and still just like that, they submit a, a dispute. It gets taken out of our account immediately. Yeah. So, and it's like so impossible to fight. You know, you have to like, it's such a process. It's not even worth it. Yeah. And I just felt like that was, the most disrespectful thing that you could possibly do. Yeah. We have a call scheduled to talk about this and you're going to put in a dispute for the whole $2,500 mm -hmm. because whatever, before we even talk about it, because you, you just feel like you're entitled to that. You feel like you're entitled to waste all of my time and me not be compensated for it at all. Yeah. And on top of that, the 2,500 got taken out. There's a $75 charge when the money comes in as a processing fee. There's another $25 charge when it goes out. So I'm negative $100 <laughs> and probably 40 hours of my time. Yeah. So that really got to me. 
Yeah. Really got to me. I, yes. I feel like that is so disrespectful of a small business's time to just, especially because we had, we said in the email back to them, we said, thank you. We appreciate this input. We'd love to talk about yeah. it, you know? And that seems fair. If you're going to ask for your money back, a conversation should be had. You are not just entitled to go into someone else's bank account and take the money back because you, I don't know, had some sort of weird yeah. justification for not, like we didn't yeah. deliver on the service that we provided you or we did deliver on the service yeah. we provided you. You are not entitled to that $2,500. When you, when you pay for a service, you pay the for service the service. service done, yeah. Like when you go out to eat at a restaurant, if you are, you know, you're like, mm, I didn't really like this chicken. It didn't really work out. You still have to pay for it. You don't just. Yeah, like I should have I like, ordered the steak. I was really yeah. in the mood for steak yeah. and I ordered chicken. <laughs> I want my money back. Yeah, like that's that's just not how the world works. And it's just so yeah. disrespectful of a small business's time. And I, I mean, this was a lesson learned for me because I didn't realize it was so easy to just dispute a credit card charge. And then when you. I didn't even, either. When you said to them, like, you. You, this was the whole, you did the whole amount and we were going to talk about half of the amount. He's, well, let's, they let's were, get into the, so then I text them. Yeah. Okay. We'll continue the story. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to talk the next day and th I get this email that the money has been taken out of my account already. Um, and, and I, you know, briefly look into it and it's like, this is, this is not going to be worth my time to try to dispute this and fight this. Like that is going to just be way more headache than it's worth. Yeah. Um, so I text him and I say, just saw, just got an email that um, you put in a dispute for the full amount and it's already been taken out of my account. And I said, congrats, you win. Um, and then I said, it'll give us something to talk about on our podcast. Because he, <laughs> he was, I just felt like it was so patronizing that he was like, comp, like saying, literally in the email said something about how somebody stiffed us. He listened to our podcast about how somebody stiffed us on payment <laughs> and then did the same thing. Yeah. So I said that and he was like, hold on, like you're mistaken. Um, I could only, they wouldn't let me put it in for half the amount. So I had to put it in for the full amount. And it's like, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, you know, you can send the email to Amex and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, now it turns into our problem to have to fight for half of our money back. Like that's yeah. When you just, you already got <laughs> all of it back. And yeah. that's when I was like, you know what? It's you've shown how little you respect my time by putting in a dispute on this before our schedule call. So I will be moving on and will not be wasting any more, more of my time with this. Good luck. Yeah. And I blocked his number. <laughs> I was completely done with it. Yeah. I'm not going to even let him waste more of my time when he's gone through this entire thing. We, we've gone above and beyond. We've done everything that we could possibly do for this client with like, I feel like, holding ourselves in like a high like kind of moral place by like we were really sticking to the budget you know and yeah. the thing that i got by him randomly jumping it up to 130 is like their budget was 80 or whatever the other companies came in at 130 because they were like okay you know you want all these things all right forget what you're saying about budget like we're just gonna it's 130 yeah so then after all that he was like okay let's see what you can do for 130 it was just like a really unfair, um, I feel like, response from them. And, you know, we're going against designer salespeople. Right. That are there to design and sell the project. And then when it's time and to build vanish. your project, <laughs> they're selling and designing for somebody else. Yeah. 
Their job is dumb. Yeah. So that high level of service, that super responsiveness, that's because that's what they do. Right. You're going to feel like when we're on your project, I'm not going to a bunch of sales appointments because I'm at your project. Right. I'm there. Mm-hmm. That's something that we really stress. Yes. We talk about. We show that through our content, through all of our stuff. So it's like, I'm glad to be over with it. This yeah. is officially the end of that part of my life. That situation <laughs> is done yes. after this conversation. And you know what? I was like, I'm not going to like even fight this anymore and say, you know what? Give me half of it back. I hope that you learned something from this and I hope you feel a little bit bad, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Don't want it. And, uh, the purpose of talking about this is not to bash these people. I'm sure they're lovely people in, in other aspects of their life, but I, they were we super nice. To, yeah. I really liked them. We wanted to talk about this because I'm sure that this is a situation that people face all the time yeah. with like this kind of industry. Um, and, you know, different people have different ways of communicating and acting and, and handling themselves. Um, so what lessons did we learn from this situation? Because it didn't work out and that's fine. But yeah. What lessons did we learn? Because that's the most important part of this. Not to bash these people, to learn a lesson. To learn a lesson. Absolutely. Um, why don't you start? I feel like I've, I, did I ramble for too long on this story? <laughs> no, you didn't. It a was, little it, bit. There, well, there was a lot of details to it, so you had to get them all out. Yeah. So you did a good okay. job. You did a great job. Why don't you say, uh, we'll each say something that we learned from it. We'll go back and forth. Because that is the most important thing from now moving forward. What do we take from this situation? Yes. And how do we apply it to get better despite the circumstances? Um, well, A, the most important thing that I learned was how easy it is to dispute a credit card thing. And maybe we need to adjust how we do things in the future going forward with that. That's a conversation we'll need to have. Yeah. Uh, so people can't just like take their money back immediately with no conversation or justification yeah. or whatever. Um, but the other lesson that I learned when I, when I initially read this email, it made me so frustrated because it just felt like devaluing to someone's time so much. And I feel yeah. like if someone were to go out and find a designer for what we do and they were going to be charged by a designer, it would be an astronomical amount above what we charge for our designs. Yeah. Our designs are, our design fee is a foot in the door to start a process because we genuinely want to work with these people that we talk to and, and, and you're very passionate about designing and for someone to just willy-nilly ask for their money back, it just feels like such a slap in the face of a small business trying to, you know, do what we do, you know? Yeah. It just, it felt so disrespectful to me. And coming, you know, I came from a, a big business where money just didn't, it moved around and it didn't matter, but in a small business, it's different. And $2,500 $2, is not going to make or break this business, so it's not... Not that, but it just felt like such a disrespectful thing. Um, and we are so lucky with our clients where I don't yeah. feel like we come into that a lot. Yep. So for this, it really got to me, this one person, like it really, it just felt like such a slap in the face. And I was like, well, what, what could we do different? And I, I really, I went back through our, the, the emails and the correspondences and the designs and, and how we outlined things. And, um, and I kind of just came to the realization, like, I don't, I'm not sure we could have done anything differently. And these, it's just a different kind of, you know, you deal with a lot of different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, I think we will add video walkthroughs for now. If people want sure. those, that's great. Yeah. Sure. You can have that. That's, that's not a problem. Um, but I feel like 
at a certain point we need to stick to our guns and not not let people's not one not let what's the saying one sour apple spoil, spoil the, the bunch. bunch yeah um, I think that we're really lucky with the people that we deal with usually, and they do value Sean's time, and and we're in a very good situation there. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that's a roundabout way of saying when situations like this happen, analyze them, and then kind of Take move forward. Yeah. Don't 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 dwell on it too much. Because I, when I first read it, I was I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> Me as well, and <laughs> we really did, like, the next day, that was over the weekend that we got the email, the next day, um, we really did look at it, like, like, you know, you were pulling up all of our correspondence and, like, how we do the build estimate, and you're like, what do we need to change? Like, how can we make this process better? Like, you know, we don't agree with, like, the method that they went about this to, like, take their money back and all this yeah. stuff, but, hey... What couldn't can we learn from this? Can we improve the process? And we really went through and like we said, like, sure, like maybe more people would like to see the video walkthrough. Yeah. Easy. No yeah. problem. And when they asked for it, it was like, sure, no problem. Yeah. yeah, we'll send it. And um but besides that, we really felt like the process works for us and for the client. Mm-hmm. You know? And we really want like we're all about the process, like we want more than anything for the projects that we build to be beautiful, to be functional and to just work for you. Yeah. You know, it's not like, like we're not going to design a project that's like, you know, a client has all this input. That's like not actually going to work functionality wise. Like we're not just going to be like, all right, well it's what the client wants, whatever. Like we want what we build to be, the most functional space, mm-hmm. the best looking space that we can possibly do. And like, that's, that's what we're passionate about. So a lot of other companies where you're dealing with a salesperson, they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Hey, homeowner, that's a great idea. I love that. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's put this in here. They're not going to have as much pushback on like how the space is going to flow, how it's going to function. What's the most usable, like amount of square footage here, all right. of that stuff. So I felt like we really gave it, we put our, our emotions aside about it and we gave our process an honest look and yeah. we felt like, you know, we've already made some changes in the past that have improved it and have like kind of streamlined the process and we feel like, you know, we feel like it's a it's a pretty good system right now that we have. Yeah. So, and the one really good thing, whenever you deal with, you know, a client that you don't have a great experience with, it makes you reflect on like all the clients that are awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like, and we did that. We went, there, we were like, <laughs> we listed out like other the clients. And we're like, oh, that one was great, and that one was great, and that one. And yeah. most of the people that we work with are just so wonderful and and understanding. So yeah, we're in a very lucky another situation. another thing that that I want to like that really threw me for a loop here is like, no matter what, it's so hard to like. Like from the from the very beginning, like this was like an ideal client. They liked mm-hmm. our YouTube channel. Yeah. Like they were really excited about like the aesthetic of our projects. It felt like it was going to be a home run. Like it felt yeah. like they were going to be awesome to work with. It just it's makes it it makes you remember that like you're never going to completely be able to like weed everyone out. That's not going to be a fit. Yeah, you're always going to have those surprises where it didn't work out. You didn't see it coming. And it's kind of a surprise. Yeah. 
So you can't make everybody happy. And that's just the way of the world. It's the way of the world. And that's and, fine. Yeah. So something to think about there. And as of right now, case closed. We'll never talk case about closed. it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we need, we do need to actually move on. So, oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> So you are officially done talking about that. Um, all right. So let's get into the book segment. How to read people like a book. <laughs> I should have read, read this people. months ago. Yeah. And then maybe I could have avoided that whole situation. Um, how to read people like a book is by Patrick King. Uh, what did you think of the book? It didn't, it didn't resonate with me that much. Yeah. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's just me like, you know, kind of pushing it away as, as you know, like... Maybe because of the situation that we just went through, like <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, initial thought, like it didn't resonate with me a whole lot. There were a couple things that I took out of it that uh, I think were useful. Yeah. But what, what were your overall thoughts on it? Um, well, let's give a, a, a brief overview of the book in case people didn't read it. Uh, it is, it's base. It talks about things like body language and personality and how to kind of dissect people's movements and intentions and uh, just get better at reading people and the nuances. Yeah. The nuanced things that people do. Um, when I was in college, I met this guy who was, he, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't like that at all. Uh, okay. He insisted that his dad worked for the CIA and that his dad taught him all of these techniques to, to uh, see if people are lying. Mm-hmm. So then naturally we're all sitting around. We're like, I'm going to tell you two truths and one lie and you have to pick out which is the lie. And he's like, well, it doesn't work like that. I can't make, I, I can't do it that way. Um, but anyway, so he, the way that he presented it was like a, a party trick it, that it was a party trick, but that it was also not the truth. Like he would be like, yeah, if you look up to the left while you're telling someone a story, they're lying. And it was just like this grandiose idea of him, like kind of sounding like a weird magician, like a, Okay. You know what I mean? Sort of. Um, so yeah. that's what this book felt like to me. Like it was, uh, some of the things were interesting and I felt like more so it made me more conscious of my own body language yeah, rather than interpreting somebody else's because the book kept saying it was like, these are foolproof tricks of, of deciding if somebody's, you know, what their intentions are, but also this isn't scientifically proven and it doesn't work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of conflicting information. Um, but they did talk about a lot of interesting things like um, like body language, about how like confident people take up more space, which is, I believe is true. And like when you're yeah. on a train and somebody's man-spreading or whatever they call it, with their legs like, oh, wide God. open, <laughs> then they're just like they're kind confident. of unaware of like they're, you know, they're confident and they're kind of unaware of, their, of the people around them, which is true. It's um, an interesting... Um, example that you thought of well somebody man spreading that's just like somebody like just like that's that's an example of somebody taking up a lot of space okay but another was like when a when a person is in a boardroom and they're in a meeting and their hands are on the table and they're they're kind of in like an aggressive stance it like a lion like a lion like about to pounce uh it triggers something in your reptile brain which they kept calling it a reptile brain i always call it a lizard brain that like thing inside of you that like takes you back to your caveman brain yeah um it triggers something in you to like listen to that person because they're presenting themselves as a powerful person. Yeah. Um, but also I feel like this was written by a man and a lot of the examples were more masculine presenting than kind of ignored the whole masculine feminine thing. Yeah. Um, and how like in society, men and women are taught to handle themselves differently. So 
women have very different body language than men in those kinds of situations. And I think that it didn't really dive into that as much as it could have. That's um, interesting. I didn't pick that up. Probably because I'm a man. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, this guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> We're all like Powerful big lions. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's, here's like kind of the overall, the overall thing that I kind of got from it was, okay, here's a technique for this. Here's a technique for that. Here's how to spot a liar. Here's how to like, you know, see if somebody's nervous or anxious. Mm-hmm. Every single thing was like, but also a study was done and it proved that just general intuition, like your first thought about, you know, whether somebody's lying is more accurate than any of this. <laughs> like it, like I feel like every single like chapter and technique, it was like, but this study shows intuition, your gut feeling was better than chance at deciphering whether somebody was lying or, you know, interpreting a situation or body language. Yeah. And it always said, like, the more thought that you put into it, like, the more you try to analyze, like, what's happening, usually your, like, success rate gets lower. It's less than just, like, a 50-50 shot of guessing. So it just really felt like, okay, here's some (laughs) techniques to how to, you know, read somebody in a certain situation, but also just your initial gut instinct is probably more right than any of these things. So it just... it. It made it kind of feel like, well, what's the point of the book then? <laughs> a little bit. I I did. I feel like I got the most out of how to spot a liar. Yeah. I felt like that was like the most, um, you know, I felt like that was, I could pull the most from that. Yeah. What was the part that you felt like, you know, was there any part that you were like, okay, this is actually like kind of a useful, possibly useful thing that I could actually implement? Um, I think it was probably, like I said, the, the body posturing kind of, uh, yeah. to signal confidence. I think that that I didn't, I don't really care about that in other people, but it made me think of how I present myself. And when we do, um, you know, when we're at trade shows or we're doing some sort of speech or the other day I was at a, at a banquet for my yacht club and I had to do the auction. I was the auctioneer and, um, I was standing up there by myself in front of, you know, 200 people. 200 and, people. Yeah. And I used oh, to be wow. so nervous when I like had to do any kind of public speaking. And I feel like something has shifted and I'm not that nervous anymore. And it is because I like am aware of taking up more space. And just by doing that, you become more confident in yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it tricks, it tricks your brain into being more confident by doing these like body postures. Um, so I think that's what I, that's. It's like people say I, like you stand in front of the mirror and be like, <sighs> Yeah, with your arms up. This is, yeah. again, audio. You got to explain what you're doing. <laughs> oh, arms up. I'm like a big polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I don't know. I've seen people, uh, seen it on TV and people do that like in, in the mirror, in the yeah. bathroom before a big speech or something, yeah. you know, yeah. really feel like powerful. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. The part about like spotting liars, I felt like, you know, it wasn't like all the little things like, you know, they're going to like you know, blink more or stuff like that. It was more like really like logically thinking about like what it takes to make up a lie. Like if Mm. somebody is telling the truth, they're just remembering what happened. Right. And it's like much easier to remember something that actually happened. Like, cause that's, you know, there's, there's more to that memory. There's like physical sensations. There's, you know, a place, a smell, like it's your brain just, remembers it easier because like it's something that actually happened you actually experienced when you're making up a story 
you're just remembering like the details of it that you made up. So right. you have to recount those things. You have to keep track of them. And it's, um, you know, I like one of the techniques was try to keep them talking as much as possible. Cause like yeah. eventually yeah. they're going to slip up or like, if you are, you know, kind of suspicious of something and you want to confront somebody, do it in like a surprise way so they don't have time to prepare a story. Um, or if it's like two people together, um, you know, don't give them time to uh, corroborate yeah. the story. That's why cops never let the two people sit with each other. Exactly. You're always in separate interrogation rooms. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it's... That was like kind of interesting, and it, and it was interesting to to like really think about that from like a personal perspective of, okay, if you make something up, if you're lying, it's there's a lot more to it that you have to remember. You're more likely to like, you know, really go into like weird random details about it that like aren't important that like just seem made up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and there's like you'll just end up like kind of talking more when you're trying to like prove to somebody that this story's true yeah when you know but and that came down to also like yeah you can kind of just you get a gut instinct when somebody's lying like that when they're making up a story and you're like you know so i thought there was there was some useful stuff there like hey just keep them talking you know try to like come up with like a surprise question um maybe you throw in a lie see how they react to that (laughs) (laughs) i thought thought that was kind of (laughs) interesting But um, overall, I just felt like, I don't know, it's just like it's such a uh, an interesting concept to like, I, I feel like there's an allure to like reading people and like, yeah. you know, so you, you can really figure out their intentions. And the moral of this story I felt like was there are techniques that you can learn. One technique is never going to be like all encompassing. It's always a mixture of techniques and it all comes from like experience. So like if you are an interrogator, you work in the CIA and you're like, you are honing these skills. Yeah. You can probably get really good at it, but in everyday life when, you know, a lot of times there's not going to be like that feedback. Like you're still not really going to know whether the person was lying. You're not really going to know all these things. Like it's kind of just like, you know, consider these things a little bit, but kind of go with your gut. Yeah. You can tell when somebody's rambling on and they're making stuff up. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be like, you know, that tactical about it. Right. So overall, I felt like, eh, take it or leave it. Yeah. So what, so what is your official hardworking happy hour rating of? <sighs> I'm going to give like it a, a 3.6. Okay. All right. Because I also, I, I also out of 10 just, or 5. I forget how we're doing this. 10? Out of 10. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. 3.6 <laughs> would be pretty high yeah, out of 5. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, I just, and it just, sometimes you don't get a lot out of a book, but the book's still kind of entertaining. Yeah. I also didn't feel like it was that entertaining. Yeah. It was kind of like I had to trudge through it. Yeah. I'll give it a five out of 10 because I feel like, um. You can't go with, you can't. <sighs> what? Can't do an even number? You can't do an even number. Okay. Five point. No. Okay. 4.8. 4. 4. 4.8. Haven't okay. you ever seen the pizza reviews? Yeah. See, one by everybody knows the rules. <laughs> yeah. And it's always, it's not like, okay, this is a six. It's got to be like a... All right, 4.85. No, 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 no. You don't get two after the decimal point. You only get one after the decimal point. (laughs) I'm getting real specific with it. All right, 4.8. 
because I do feel See like See how that feels a lot different from five? It does, yeah, it does. It feels does. so much different from it five. It does, it feels more like I've really thought it out. Yeah, five's just kind of like, eh, take it or leave it. Five. Five. Yeah. Um, 4.8, because I felt it was, it wasn't the best written book. It wasn't, you know, life-changing. I'm not really going to, I took a couple of tidbits out of it maybe, um, but I feel like it's a book that is, it, it's presenting an interesting topic. I don't think that it presented it in, in the most accurate, compelling way, but I feel like it is interesting to think about that kind of thing that you wouldn't normally think about. So that's why I give it a 4.8. Yeah. Topic. Um, okay. So Good. the next book that we're going to read is, I chose this without telling you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I forgot that we, <laughs> as you're like, I'm like, oh, this is the part where we say what we're going to read for next week. We didn't talk about this, but yeah, you picked I chose one. Good. This, yeah. um, got? It's got a cuss word in it. Can I, it's a, it's called on F yourself. Get out of your head and, oh, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life by Gary Bishop. Get out of your head and into your life. <laughs> it's like the, uh, get out of my dreams and into my car. Oh, yeah, I do know that song. You know that song? Yeah. Isn't that Eddie Murphy? I, I feel like that's an Eddie Murphy song. Like he had like a weird music career for like a, a I minute. Saying it. I don't think that is, I don't think that's his song, but I do think that he, he has a song that's like, Something about getting Same. in someone's car. <laughs> Something about that is similar. Something is peaking my brain. How would you feel as a as a woman if someone came up to you and said, "Hey, get out of my dreams and get into my car"? <laughs> Different it's times a- back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot more creative than like. I feel like you know. Usually, somebody says a lot more crude. There's a lot more crudeness in it. So that one at least sounds like maybe kidnappy, but it's yeah, yeah. But it's, Less you don't crude, know. Yeah. You don't know. There's a bit of a surprise. Like, oh, where are we could going? Could be a cool car. I don't know. Who knows? Could be a cool car. We could be going to an amusement park. <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Okay. Exciting. Very um, interesting. Yeah. So, Unfuck Yourself by Gary Bishop. Uh, I've heard about this this book before, and it's, I've heard that it is good but polarizing. So, I'm excited to read it. I haven't read what it yet. Polarizing stuff. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to talk about. So, um, okay. So now we are moving on to our bad sales story of the week. All right, here we go. Okay. All right, so this one came in from John from Regal Roof. And this one I... Regal Roof. Yeah. Hey, fancy sounding. Um, this one I really like. Okay. I feel like I say that every week. This one I really... Yeah. They're all, they've all been pretty good, so... Okay. Goes out to a client's house. Um, it's for a roof, so... This one I feel like is is kind of interesting because, um, you know, he's checking out uh, a roof project. He goes out, is inspecting the roof, goes up on, uh, you know, a ladder to get onto the roof, all yeah. that stuff. You know, he had been talking to the client, got kind of an idea of, you know, hey, we've got some some leaks happening, all this kind of stuff. So he says, okay, great. Goes over, um, puts the ladder up, goes up on the roof. He's inspecting stuff. And then he hears, like, you know, somebody like, Hey, yeah, um, you know, whatever. It's the client. He's climbing up the ladder, but the guy's like not a ladder climber. He's just like mm. a, you know, probably like a white collar type of situation. <laughs> Falls off the ladder. Oh, God. Yeah. It wasn't Aww. super high. It was, you know, like a, he was probably halfway up the ladder and it was like a 10 foot ladder or something, you know, yeah. going up to a small, a small roof. And <laughs> oh, the guy no. fell off oh. and... The guy ended up being okay. Wasn't, 
you know, could be a lot worse. Yeah. But, um, you know, made it very uncomfortable and very awkward. And the guy had to then stand the ladder back up so that, you know, he could get down off of the roof. <laughs> and um, I bet that's a situation that comes up a lot with people with roofers. Yeah. I feel like there's so many people that are like, oh, you know what? I'll just show. I, I got a problem. I know exactly where it's at. I'll yeah. show you. You know, yep. that's like a tip. That's a typical dad move right there. Like, I, I, I can get on the roof. It's totally fine. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it just turned out to, it turned out like really awkward. It's like, yo, or like, are you okay? Like, but also you should not be, don't, don't do touch that. the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Don't come up here. Um, you're not supposed to do that. So, uh, avoid that next time. Groundwork, yes. a video walkthrough. You can go over the, the, the project with the client and then what they're doing now. Drones. They're flying drones around and do roof inspections. Ah, so, drones. Interesting. Something to think about. Okay. So uh, if you want to use groundwork, you can uh, better pre-qualify your clients. Stop wasting time going out to their site and yeah. uh, use code hardworkinghappyhour50 for 50% off your first two months. Yep, 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 yep. Tell them we sent you. Okay. All right, but no, I got something unrelated, but sort of related to that. Okay. Uh, good story from my dad from the past. Okay. Um, so he used to do a lot of roofs. As well, you know, oh, back in those that. days, everyone did everything. Okay, you were all doing it all. Right, you know what I'm saying. So he had to do uh, a, uh, and I think it was for for somebody that lived up the street from us. So okay. it was like sort of a neighbor, and you know they had two layers of of shingles. You can do, you can do one a new layer of roof over one layer, but you can't do a third layer. So uh-huh. when you get when you already have two layers and they're both bad, you have to you know rip both layers off put a new layer in yeah so it was a it was a full uh rip off redo and because they had a couple layers the siding and j channel was like you know there was probably like a i don't know maybe a half inch gap now because there was less roof there mm-hmm. kind of unrelated to the project you know kind of is what it is the guy is just like total jerk and the guy climbs up onto the roof with my dad and he's like pointing all the stuff out like this and that and he's like Dude, we're here to do the roof. We ain't doing nothing with the siding. Like, look, we did our job. And uh, my dad gets so pissed off. He comes down off the roof, takes the ladder oh off while God. the guy's on it, and just walks away and gets in his car and um, gets that in man his truck. Is still on that roof? No. So he's <laughs> like, as he's like, comes off the roof, takes the ladder down, lays it on the ground, walks away. His guys are still there. And he like says to one of his, one of his employees as he's like walking away, he's like, Wait till I drive away and then put the ladder back up. <laughs> but he just got off the roof, oh laid the ladder down, got in his truck and left. What an insane power move. Pretty awesome. That's hilarious. I know. You probably can't even imagine that now because now he's like so mild. I, the most mild man. So Such mild. Such a loving now. artist man. Yeah. Now he's like just an artist and he, is, he, he left that life behind him, I guess. But I always thought that was a funny story. That is. That's. Yeah. That's I, uh, you know. I hope one day I can do that. <laughs> we'll see. You can always dream. You can do it to Ant. Well, we just completed the roof that we're working on now, but next roof, you can try it on Ant. Ant would just like walk off the roof and just be <laughs> like, well, that's fine. I don't use ladders. Ladders are stupid. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, funny story. Okay, so now closing thoughts. You got any? You want a Jerry Springer moment this? Closing thoughts. You know what? Here it is. Things that are not ideal can happen to you, especially when you own a business. 
people are not going to respect your time. They're going to try to take more out of you than you're willing to give. They're going to devalue your time. They're going to just try to squeeze everything that they can out of you. And they're going to treat you like Walmart. They're going to say, you know what? I didn't like it. I want my money back and I'm just not going to leave till you do it. And I don't care. And you're not going to care either because you're Walmart and it doesn't even matter. People are treating everybody like that these days. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that you can't let that do is make you make rash decisions. Like, okay, I'm not going to deal with anybody that's, you know, presents this thing in the beginning because you never know. Don't let that one person sour everything. Don't say, no, we're not going to take credit cards because it's too easy to dispute it after the fact. We've been taking credit cards for designs for like three years now. This is the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. It's made everything so much easier by taking credit cards. We've probably sold more designs because we take credit cards and we can easily send an invoice. So don't let this one bad experience sour everything for you. Take it as it comes. Take what you can from it. Move on. But don't let it don't let it take more out of you than it needs to. Yeah. Don't give them that satisfaction. You know, yeah. look at it and say, what can I learn from this? How can I reflect on this? How can I get better? And sometimes it's, you know what? That person is just not somebody that's going to respect my time. And I have to live with that. Situation's over. I'm going to try to learn from it. I'm going to try to get better if I can. But if not, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep doing my thing. And I'm going to keep believing in the goodness of people. Most people are inherently good. I think those people are inherently good too, but I just think that, you know what? It was really Didn't disrespectful out, what they okay. did to me. True. So, eh. It's like a, it's like a breakup, you know? It's, you know, both parties just need to move on and it'll be fine in the end. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, no hard feelings, but both of us have hard feelings. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, I All hope right. everyone has an amazing week. I'm getting a new house Go right buy now. Your new house. Oh, Yay. so scared. And so then scared. Go on vacation. And then go on vacation. What a week for you. I'm living like, All a, right. I'm living like a rock star this week. It <laughs> feels wildly irresponsible, but um, enjoy it. Thank you so much. Be in the moment. Enjoy your time. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Love you all. Until next time, this has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>